Week three special. Little recap I do because uh yeah, not all this will fit in the regular sports and short sports podcast. My name's Rennie, we're at City Riquet, here to provide you with some updates and forecasts on the NBA season. Here with me, I'm battling COVID at the moment, but having trouble doing routine activity. But, uh, let's jump right into it, guys. Like I said, uh Rent City here. We usually have a Ren City top five, and I do it each week where I rank the top five teams in the NBA as I see fit. And uh, here, let's talk right into this microphone a little bit better. That might make it a little better. <laughs> Hopefully, you heard most of that beginning. I am pretty loud, but uh, yeah, let's talk. Let's. I mentioned I made a mistake with my top five last time because uh, I had the Celtics dropping out of that, and man, did they make me look stupid. They went four and zero this past week, bouncing back from. First two losses of the seasons, which happened two straight games from the Wolves and 76ers. But man, over this past week, they crushed the Nets in an in, in tournament, in season tournament matchup on that nice looking Celtic floor. Then they beat up on the Raptors and the Knicks at home as well. And then they'd go into Philly without Brown or Przingis and just get revenge on the 76ers for that loss they suffered before, beating them with a score being closer than really what the game really was. But like I said, big bounce back week for the Celtics. Tatum, he's looking like he's back in that MVP talk. You know, they're tied for the best record in the league. So Celtics looking scary. I Those two losses in a row spooked me a bit, but do not get spooked. They're the real deal. Um, sticking with the Atlantic division, we'll mention that team that just lost to the Celtics, uh, Philadelphia 76ers. They went 2-2 two and two this past week, winning a tight one against the Pistons in their in-season tournament game. And then beating the Pacers, who are a really tough team, they beat them in a close game where Tyrese Maxey dropped the first fifty burger, of, first fifty burger of his career, third of the NBA season. But before that game, there was some pretty big news coming out. Kelly Oubre Jr. was struck by a vehicle while he was out and about near his home, suffering broken ribs, all these scratches and whatnot related to a vehicular incident. But then news came out today that. You know, he wasn't in an accident where he said he was. And there was this ring camera footage delivered. I don't know who, how TMZ got into the ring camera. That seems interesting. But they saw him running home. This is very, like, Juicy Smollett kind of thing all over it. I don't think the guy's making it up. He's playing in a new city. Maybe he gave the wrong street on where he got hit. I mean, you just get hit by a car. You're not initially thinking, oh, where am I right now? What street is this? I mean... Pretty crazy shit. But anyway, we'll go back to the games. The 76ers would then uh, lose to the Pacers in their in-season tournament matchup where Halliburton made big plays late to get the victory and break Philly's eight-game winning streak. And then that loss to the Celtics would be two in a row. So eight in a row winning to losing two in a row. We got to watch this Kelly Oubre situation. I don't know. He was balling for these guys. It's big news for them. And yeah, we'll see what happens with Philly going forward. I don't think they'll be in a lot of trouble. These two games they lost, let's not let's not overreact like we did with the Celtics here. I think they're going to be okay. But um, much like the week prior, we had the six Celtics and Sixers way above the division. We're kind of like that still. There's that tier below, and the Knicks are currently leading that tier, I guess. They went 2-1 and one over the past week to get an easy win over the Hornets before going into Boston and losing to the Celtics, but then they have a tight game over the Hawks to end their week, and that could have went either way. 
the Villanova boys, though, Bronson, Hart, DiVincenzo, made, they made some big plays. And Julius Randle, we can say he's no longer in that early season struggling mode. He's almost back up to 20 points per game, and he's looking like the Julius Randle we come to expect, not whoever that other guy was at the beginning of the year. And uh, sticking in New York, let's talk about the Brooklyn Nets. Injuries have been affecting them, them of late. Human torch, Cam Thomas, who he's got a bum ankle right now. Ben Simmons, his games are starting to mount up, but they still went 2-1 and one this past week, getting destroyed by the Celtics in that in-season tournament match we mentioned earlier, but they follow that up, you know, almost giving a game to the Wizards, but big plays by Bridges and Cam Johnson late would secure the win there. They then host the Magic for an in-season tournament game, and they blow the doors off them, winning by 20 they got six guys averaging double figures. Really shows their balanced attack. And then rounding off the Atlantic, to talk about Canada's team, the Raptors. They go one and two this past week, getting beaten up by the Celtics. And then it looked like they were getting beaten down by the Wizards. OG Onanobi didn't play because he cut his finger in a kitchen accident. That's interesting. But the... They were down 71-48, the 9.32 mark in the third quarter, and the Raptors made this crazy run. And then they tied up late before Pascal Siakam would dribble in the paint, getting a nice easy one over Jordan to pool to go up 7.6, or go up by two with 7.6 left. Like, where are the Wizards going to go? Kyle Kuzma had the most points he had all season. They threw it into him, but he stood on the line. So that's just the way the Wizards went. Raptors come back, fourth largest comeback in franchise history. They'd uh, play the Bucks, who would then uh, beat the crap out of them, even without Jonas Antetokounmpo. Damian Lillard was torching him. He didn't even need to play many minutes. But uh, still a lot of questions about this team going forward. The injury to OG was kind of random, and Pascal's been a little inconsistent. The one bright spot, though, Scotty Barnes, he's starting to play more consistent. And that was the big thing against him. He'd show you flashes, but you need that consistent play. Hopefully Pascal and that big game against the Wizards kind of sparks him in the playing better because he hasn't lived up to what I think he's capable of either. We'll jump to the central division. We'll start with the central leaders. Uh, Ren City's choice to, I quote, be this year's Sacramento Kings. Indiana Pacers, they're surprising people still this year. They're a good team. They went 2-1 and one this past week. And, uh, yeah, you know, they get the big win over the Bucks, ruining Giannis's 54-point night, the seventh of his career, second 50-burger of the season just before Tyrese Maxey's. And then, which was also against the Pacers, giving a back-to-back 50-point games there. It's kind of kind of interesting there. But then they lose to the Philly in one night and then beat them the next game in that in-season game. Like I said, Tyrese Halliburton, he's, he's going to be an all-star game. All-star again this year. This team has eight guys averaging double figures. I pick Rick Carlisle to win coach of the year, and I think he's well on the way to that. If they can stay healthy and keep this play going, they're so deep, and Halliburton's a true leader, yo. Um, the team tied with them is the team most expected to win this division, the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, they had a few games without Dame last week and uh, one game without Giannis. They went 2-2. Two and two. They'd lose that one to the Pacers where Giannis put up 54. They'd follow that with a surprise loss in Orlando to the Magic where Dame missed his second in a row. But Dame would return. The Bucks would take care of the Bulls, one where Giannis would light it up and Dame would struggle. But then against the Raptors, Giannis, they're like, you take the night off. And that's I alluded to earlier when Damian Lillard went off, 37 points, 13 assists. Didn't need to play very much in the second half, but – it's a big win for the Bucs to avenge their loss earlier. 
I had them jumping in my top five last week. Must have jinxed them a bit. They struggled a bit, but don't worry about that. These guys are contending. They had Giannis miss the game. They did well. They had Dame miss some time. Not as well, but I think they're going to be okay. Don't worry about the Bucks. Going to Cleveland, the Cavs went 2-1 and one this past week. And it started with a feisty one. Donovan Mitchell and the Warriors' Draymond Green would get into it a bit. And you might have heard this before. Draymond would get ejected from that one. And the Cavs would beat the Warriors for the second time this season already. So that's pretty big. They follow that out by getting blown out by the Kings. That did not go their way. And then they uh, they get a nice win in Portland over the Blazers. And this team's starting to get healthy again. And they're really starting to make the turn, especially defensively. Like... They're starting to round things out. More minutes of Allen and Mobley together is nothing but a good thing for this defense. And six guys averaging double figures. Isaac Okoro is just off, just off that mark to make it seven. But, yeah, watch out for the Cavs. Real dangerous team. Mitchell is scoring at a high volume right now. So good on them. Go to the Windy City where the Bulls went one and two this past week. Started by getting uh, by beating the Pistons at home. And they'd lose to the Bucks in Milwaukee when Giannis went off. And although Vucevic and Levine played pretty good games, DeRozan really struggled, only getting 11 points in that one. The Bulls would then drop another one to the Magic, coming all the way back in that game just to lose on a last-second shot. A tough loss that adds even more disappointment to this Bulls season. It's rumored that a lot of teams around the league are asking about the availability of Zach Levine in a trade, you know. Is this already the beginning of the blow-up of the Bulls? Uh, we'll see. There's not a lot of consistency here. There's flashes, but there's more games they show flashes of struggle than anything. We'll see what happens there. But wrapping up the Central, we go to Detroit. We talk about the Pistons. They went 0-3 this past week, but they did have some tough matchups. They had an in-season tournament game against the Sixers, which they were in for a while. They had a tight game against the Bulls where Marcus Sasser, again, Hyped him up a few times now. He's He looks like an NBA scorer in this league. Keep your eye on him still. They lose another home game in the end season tournament to the Hawks. But, again, it was close. Oster Thompson looked really good, too. Oster Thompson, sorry, looked really good. Putting in a nice all-around game. Putting Clint Capella on a poster. That's a nice poster, too. He's a legit shot blocker. But the Hawks just made more winning plays than the Young Pistons to win that. But, Pistons are taking their knocks, but they're looking exciting doing it. I've highlighted those rookies, Thompson and Sasser. Cade Cunningham's looking like a young emerging leader for this team. And Kevin Knox is back. Have, haven't seen that guy get a lot of time on the floor. To, so to see him back in the NBA playing, you know, some of these guys get written off too early. So to see him back is really cool. They have eight guys averaging double figures right now. Nine if you include Knox's two games, but... Man, Detroit, they're exciting to watch. You might see them on the calendar, think you got a dove. I wouldn't go in expecting that. They're going to fight you for it. Finishing up the East, we uh, go to the Southeast. We'll go to Miami. And the Heat have been Mike Caliente of late. They're going 3-0 this past week. Six in a row in total. Even more surprising, like Tyler Hero went down. You're like, oh, are they going to struggle? They've just elevated their game. You know, Jimmy Butler, he was he's elevated his game from that level of mediocrity he was throwing out earlier. And Bam Adebayo, he's legit. He's a legit big man in this league. He puts up his numbers, too. Like, they took care of the Hawks in Atlanta. Then they'd face Wembenyama. They were down early. Then they'd come back to take it. Duncan, Jimmy Neutron, Robinson would hit Wemby with a smitty. It was not one that uh, Wemby wants to have stuck in his highlight reel, but good on uh Get on Robinson for that. And then Josh Richardson would make some big plays. So, you know, they lost a lot of guys, but the depth is starting to merge here. They take care of the Hornets and Charlotte for their in-season tournament game. And 
the heat seemed to be on track that heat culture as they put it and keep watching out for yama yakas jr man this the rookie out of ucla he's been getting really the minutes have been coming up especially fourth quarter minutes not a lot of rookies are getting that high of fourth quarter minutes he's earned the trust of eric spolster and that coaching staff more importantly he's earned the trust of his players so Look out for him getting some more minutes, and he can throw down too. He's already put some big dunks down out there. But going to the Atlanta Hawks, they went two and two this past week. Uh, they watched the Heat usurp them for that division lead. They started off taking on the Magic in Mexico. Trey Young put on a show for the fans, going for forty-one points. But his biggest play might have been a sick pass to Dejounte Murray, who would knock down the three-pointer and have them beating the Magic. The Hawks would follow that up with a loss to the Heat. And they'd bounce back with a very tight game against Detroit in that in-season tournament. But uh, they follow that up with a loss to the Knicks. So very up and down, kind of what the Hawks do. Still looking good offensively. That DeJounte Murray, Trey Young backcourt, I think they are growing together. But defensively, they got to tighten that up. It's always been the thing with Atlanta. It seemed earlier in the season they had it figured. But their defense is dropping even worse here. And you can't compete with that. And then this third horse in this contention for the Southeast, the Orlando Magic, I mentioned them. Bit of a tougher week for them, you know. They'd still go for two for two, losing that tight one in Mexico City against the Hawks there I was talking about. After Murray hit that big three, Paulo Bancaro did have a chance to win the game, but just caught iron. Then they'd shock the Bucks, beating them soundly on Orlando. Then they'd follow that up by stinking up the joint, an in-season tournament game against the Nets. That's my team. I picked them. I picked the Magic to win the in-season tournament, so a beatdown like that isn't very good. <laughs> but they'd rebound against the Bulls, you know. They'd let the Bulls almost steal it. It looked like trouble when Zach, don't call me Avril Levine, would tie the game with 7.5 seconds left. But Paulo Bancaro, he missed that buzzer beater the other night, but he'd show he's still clutch. He backed Alec Caruso right into the paint for hitting a game winner right over him. It was too small a defender. He couldn't reach it. And this well-balanced attack, you know, they the two-headed beasts of Franz Wagner and Paulo Bancaro are your guys, but very well-balanced behind them. And Goga Batatze has been filling in great for Wendell Carter Jr. Excellent big man. The Magic have some tough games this week, so we'll see uh, how they fare in the upcoming week. We'll go to Charlotte, where the Hornets went 1-2 and two this week. They'd start by going into Washington for their in-season game, and they'd win that one. Uh, it looked like the Wizards had it, but the Hornets would storm back. Mark Williams, oops, really solidifying himself as a legit NBA big man. First 2020 game of his career, 21 points and 24 boards. Last year's first-round pick out of Duke is really showing what he can do. He did get posterized by Gafford, and then Gafford blocked three of his shots in a row. But you know what? That's Those are the ups and downs of basketball as you grow. The Hornets got the last laugh. They got the win. But then they go to MSG and get blown out by the Knicks. They, P.J. Washington and LaMelo made it close, but that wasn't really good for them. Then they faced Miami in an in-season tournament game. The Heat held on to the win. Like I said, LaMelo, he's doing his thing. And P.J. Washington's played some pretty good basketball, but they need help. Terry Rozier needs to come back from his injury. It's just you look at the floor sometimes and you're like, who is LaMelo going to throw to here? But there's still one team left in that division, and uh, they're last in the division. We emphasized that last part, the Washington Wizards. Uh, oof, where do we start? 0-4 this past week. They lose that in-season game to the Hornets. They go on the road against the Nets, and although they were down early, they battled back and take the lead in the fourth before bad execution and defense would cost them. 
And they go into Toronto, like we talked about earlier. They got that big lead on the Raptors, only to have such a big collapse where, like I said, the Raptors, fourth largest comeback in franchise history. And one of the highlights from the that game we all remember is Kyle Kuzma wanted the bench to review something. So he's doing the review signal, walking to the bench. The refs are just going on with it. The Raptors throw it in and score. Just not a good look. Kind of shows off the Wizards' season. Because the next game, they'd get blown out by the Mavs in front of their home crowd. Just tough times for the Wizards right now. I don't know what they're going to do. Like They're just above the Pistons for last in the East. But you look at the Pistons, you hear the promise in my voice talking about them. But nothing but disappointment in the Wizards. Like it, it all starts on defense. It's atrocious, giving up layup and dunk drills to the other teams. Now there's video sh- surfacing of Jordan Poole's like attention to the coach's detail at the bench. He's not even looking. He's like, my team, it's my team. They're drawing up plays, and he looks, and the play's done, and he's like, oh, shit. It's comical, but almost sad if you're a Wizards fan. But this team can get hot offensively, but... They basically rely on the opposing team to have a bad shooting night to win, and I don't think that's a good long-term solution. It's a bold move, Cotton. But uh, we'll go out west here. We'll start with the champs, the Denver Nuggets. Continue to have the best record in the Western Conference. And it was weird. They only had two games this past week, and they went 1-1. One and one. They lose to the Houston Rockets. That's right. We'll get more on those Rockets later. It was a close one where you think the champs would pull it off, but... Jeff Green, former Nugget, did his thing to, for the Rockets to help give the Nuggets their second loss of the NBA season. They bounced back by taking on the Clippers in an in-season tournament game, and the Clippers came back late. And then, for some reason, they went small in the fourth, trying to guard Nikola Jokic with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And Jokic killed them either by finishing or with his passing, giving Denver the big win. I, I expect this team to continue to thrive despite Jamal Murray's injury. Jokic is almost averaging a triple-double at scoring 30 points a game. It's insane for anyone, yet alone a center. But uh, next up in the Northwest, a bit of a surprise, especially to me, because I did not see them doing this well. I'm talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves. They went 3-1 and one this past week and had a seven-game winning streak until it was snapped. Uh, they started off meeting the Spurs in San Antonio in an in-season game, and uh, it was the first NBA meeting of Jean-Francais, or French Giants. So Rudy Gobert would face his countryman, Victor Wembanyama, and although Wimby did have some big plays, it would go Rudy's way as the Wolves took it. They then go in the Golden State to take on the Warriors, and this was a fun one. Another poster by Anthony Edwards. If you see him catch a baseline and attack the hoop, you're going to be on a poster. And that's just what happened to Dario Saric. But all typical ref fashion, they gave uh, technical to Anthony Edwards for a stare down, you know, the Buzz Killingtons of the league. But uh, big ups to McDaniels near the end of that game. His defense on Steph Curry, I think, really helped secure the Timberwolves' win. And a few days later, you'd have the Wolves facing the Warriors in San Francisco again, and this time an in-season tournament game. And Steph Curry wouldn't suit up for this one. And then we had our first real scrap of the in-season tournament. Uh, You had McDaniels, who was the defensive hero of the game prior, getting into it with Klay Thompson around half court. Jerseys were getting pulled and ripped. No punches really being thrown, but there was a scuffle. And then you had Rudy Gobert going to pull Thompson around. Kind of went to corral him, got him a bit high, which triggered off Draymond Green, who got your, oh, you didn't know? And then he came in and put in Rudy Gobert with a nice forearm flex and choke hold. 
you know, the WWE would be proud. Uh, no one really stepped up to do anything to Draymond, as Pat Beverly pointed out in his podcast, uh, specifically Carl Anthony Towns. We said just stood there, watched his boy get choked out. But, uh, yeah, after all that shenanigans, McDaniels, Clay, and Dre were all ejected. I still don't know what Clay really did to get ejected. But uh, this game went on, and it was tight down the stretch. Either team looked like they could win it. Then Anthony Edwards would take over, as he does lately. And as he was in the paint, he got crowded. A wicked pass, perfect pass to Mike Conley Jr. who hit the dagger. That gave the Wolves their seventh in a row. But tough scheduling for the Wolves, because how would they follow up that emotional game? They'd play the very next night in Phoenix against the Suns. You could tell there was not a lot left in this tank. Phoenix destroyed them, ruining their seven-game winning streak. But this Timberwolves team looks the real deal. I wouldn't worry much about that loss. This is trouble for the league going forward. You have a team figuring out how to play within themselves and Rudy Gobert and some young stud like Anthony Edwards. That's uh, that's a danger. High voltage right there. Um, OKC Thunder, they went 2-1 over this past week. They dropped one to the Foxless Kings in the in-season tournament game, but they bounced back and beat a Booker-less Suns in Phoenix when they would destroy my Spurs in an in-season tournament game. Supposed to be a big epic hype up between Chet Holmgren and Victor Wembanyama, national televised. It was a one-sided game for the Thunder. With point differential, like, really meaning a lot in the in-season tournament, that could really help them. But some tough games coming up for the Thunder in this upcoming week. Two against the Warriors, so that'll be a nice barometer for them. SGA continues to look like an all-NBA player. Chet Holmgren could steal that rookie of the year. I think it's a two-horse race, very long horse race between him and Wembenyama for rookie of the year. And Jalen Santa Clara Williams has really emerged as the number two scorer on this team. He's he's the real deal. I like watching him play there. Um, next up, Utah Jazz. They only had two games this past week, much like the Nuggets. And you know what? The Jazz won them both. They they go out and they win games, at least last week anyway. They beat the Grizzlies in a tough in-season tournament game where John Collins had a nice poster on Bismack Biombo and the Jazz would get a little help when Jaron Jackson Jr. would get two quick technicals, more technicals, and get tossed out of the game. That one was a tough one, but the Jazz would ride the momentum of those technicals. And Jordan Clarkson, I've been asking him to step up. Will they real Jordan Clarkson please stand up? He did. He showed up. He guided them to victory. Then they'd go and host the Trailblazers in back-to-back in-season tournament games. I don't know how often that happens. But the Jazz would go on a late run, fueled by the resurgent Jordan Clarkson, and take the win. It's a very tough division for the Jazz to try to stick around, and especially with the Timberwolves, it's a re- like amazing play here. But the Jazz are playing good right now. Markkinen's been consistent. And if Jordan Clarkson can play like this and finish games like this, I think they can surprise people. We'll see. And then the last team in this division, the Portland Trailblazers, they went 0-3 this past week, and lose. they've lost five in a row right now. They started off by taking on the Lakers when they didn't have LeBron James playing. And uh, it was weird. The Lakers, usually you expect the younger team to make all the energy plays, but it was the Lakers doing that to the Blazers. One play, it was going to be a backcourt violation, you know, when it goes over and back, and Aiton could have picked it up. And it it was reminiscent of Cam Newton in the Super Bowl, and he fumbled it, and he just kind of looked at it for a second before grabbing it. Lakers picked it up, went and scored. They'd continue to do that throughout the game and take the win. Then the Blazers would lose in Utah, which I just mentioned, before they would host the Cavaliers, and they'd fight hard, but Cavaliers would take it. 
they're continuing to play without number three overall pick Scoot Henderson, who's missing time with his injury. But one shining spot for these Blazers is Duop Reith. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard his name lately, but uh, Robert Williams, who they picked up in the the big Damian Lillard trade, he has that knee surgery that has him out for the season. And this big Australian, Reith, has stepped in admirably. came over, he was in the G League, but this injury has brought him into play. Man, I remember seeing some of his plays in the NBL, in the Australian League there. His energy, athleticism, and ability to stretch the D. It's going to fit perfect in the NBA. I see his numbers growing, especially if Aiton continues to put in that kind of effort on plays. It's hard not to play Reith. He's the total opposite. Throw him in there. Get him in the game. But uh, we'll go to the Pacific now. Let's start with Sacramento Kings. Went 3-0 and this week. Got me to bust out the De'Aaron Fox jersey because much like the scene in the Poltergeist, he's back. And he came back well. You know, he missed the first game of last week. It was an in-season tournament game where the Kings surprised Oklahoma City Thunder, like I said. But Fox returned, and in his game, they destroyed the Cavs. And then the following game, they play the Lakers, and they destroy the Lakers. Big, big man battle between Sabonis and Anthony Davis. Very one-sided. It was all Sabonis. The mere presence of De'Aaron Fox just makes this team better. He has them moving the ball. It, when it's a catch and go, it is such a fast offense. And when they're moving like that, defenses don't know what to do. Even off made buckets, they're doing this. And they have some tough games coming up this week. A very big one against the Mavericks where I'm excited to see kind of that's a very good barometer game as well to see where they measure up here. But I'm expecting them to play well as long as Fox is out there. He's so dominant. And they've got six players averaging double figures. This team, they're legit. And, uh, yeah, I don't say this very often, but for the, especially for the Golden State Warriors, but they went 0-3 this past week. Losing to the Cavs in that game where Draymond was ejected. They then lost back-to-back games against the Timberwolves, the second game, that in-season tournament one, where Draymond was ejected, as well as Clay Thompson and McDaniels. But that, uh, excuse me, I'm getting a little sip of water here. That ter- that uh, ejection in that Warriors-Timberwolves game where Green flexed off that chokehold, it's proven to be costly. He's getting five games from the league for that. So that'll be tough, especially with the Warriors having some tough games coming up this week. Like Especially, I've said, those ones against the Thunder. There's a, there's a chance the Warriors could go 0-4 over this next week, which would be 0-7 game losing streak, dare I say. We'll see. We'll see what the Warriors do there. I don't see it, but uh, see what happens there. We'll go to the Lakers. They went 3-1 and this past week. They had an in-season game against the Suns in Phoenix. It's a little scary early on. LeBron picked up an injury. He was limping. You're like, oh, God. But he'd return. Everything would be okay. Lakers would get a big lead or get a lead in the fourth quarter, having a nice battle between Kevin Durant and LeBron James. And let's not take those for granted. We don't know how many of those we'll have. That ended the Lakers' three-game losing streak, and then they'd win a tight one against the Young Blazers, and then they'd have an in-season tournament game against the Grizzlies, and, man, it was not close. Like I said earlier, that could help in point differential for the Lakers there because it was a beatdown. And I got to admit, I do like that Lakers in-season tournament floor. That purple and gold does look nice. And then the Lakers would get blown out by the Kings, like I said there, where Sabonis totally outplayed Anthony Davis. And uh, in that loss, though, LeBron had a triple-double, first person in their 21st season to get a triple-double. 
like a fine wine, that guy, I tell you. But I wouldn't worry about that Anthony Davis dud against the Kings. He's been playing some really good basketball lately. And, uh, you know, it's like super troopers. They're like, oh, what about that little guy? He's like, I wouldn't worry about that little guy. Just a spec. Anthony Davis is going to continue. It's a good play. I wouldn't worry about that. Suns went 1-2 and two this week. They lost that close in-season game to the Lakers I mentioned earlier. And they lose to the OKC Thunder. And then they hosted that tired Wolves team, and they took care of them quite easily. They had Booker return in that lineup, in that matchup against the Wolves, but Beal didn't play. So we're still yet to see this super team all come together here. But Katie's done a pretty good job holding down the fort in that tough West. And like I said, we'll really have to see what this team's capable of when they're all together. Speaking about a team, what they can do with pieces, let's talk about the Los Angeles Clippers. They went 0-3 this past week, six in a row now, five straight since acquiring James Harden. It's not looking good so far. The Clippers went to Dallas for that in-season tournament game, and the Mavs just destroyed the Clippers as they seem to do lately, enough that it prompted two pretty wild reactions. The first by Kendrick Perkins on ESPN, who reenacted what Luka does to the Clippers by literally taking his belt off and proceeding to beat a stool on television. It was it was some visual. And then the other one, good Maz announcer, Brian Demarest, who went off on James Harden, yelling out, you're not the beard, you're not the system, you're the problem. Really worth a listen. I don't know, this guy, maybe he's got some anger in his life too. He just went off on James Harden. But Clippers would then lose to the Grizzlies, which was the Grizzlies' second win of the season. So... That's not a good loss. And then they have another tight one against the Nuggets I alluded to earlier where late they tried to guard Jokic with Leonard and George. And it looks like Lou is struggling to get what what lineups he wants for his roster there. Like in the other game, he had removed Westbrook for James Harden in crunch time. And then all it did was cause the other team to come back and win. But these are these are weird, strange moves that – you're just making maybe because Harden's there. I don't know. Harden says give it time. This team's going to be scary. I don't I don't know. It's a small sample size so far, but not a, like a Costco sample. That's not a good one. And then uh, finishing up Southwest now, three, oh, there are only three teams in the league with nine wins, the Nuggets and Celtics, who I already mentioned, and the Dallas Mavericks. They went 3-1 and one this past week, trouncing the Clippers, and, you know, Big Perk uh, showed his belt and showed us all. Then they went into New Orleans and beat the Pelicans, not a lot of resistance, which may have put some complacency into their heads as their next game was in New Orleans for an in-season game tournament. They got blown out. They were getting turnovers all over. The Pelicans were sticking to them. After the game, Luka Doncic said there was the painting on the floor, the colors affected them. I don't know about that, but they'd go into Washington and they'd take it out on the Wizards, just destroying them. <laughs> Doncic keeping his head in that talk for MVP there. Loving Kyrie's role on this team. He's even leading the team in steals. And I've said it before, Tim Hardaway Jr., he could be sixth man of the year this year. Lots of good stuff coming out of Dallas. One of the biggest surprises of the season, Houston Rockets, you know. They only played two games this past week, and, hey, they won them both. They're on a six-game winning streak right now. They beat the Pelicans in a close in-season tournament game. Van Fleet would make some clutch plays to give them the win, and they'd follow that up by beating the defending champion Denver Nuggets, which I mentioned earlier. Fun big Euro matchup between Serbia's Nikola Jokic and Turkey's Alperin Sengun. Very very exciting to watch. There are big winning plays done by Fred Van Vliet as 
as Raptor people know, he does that. And former Nugget, Jeff Green, he did it to his old team where he won a title last year. He was clutch and making big plays. He's not doing that every night, but those vets step up when you need them. And Amiadoka has them playing the right way. I mean, the last season, Adoka did coach in the NBA. He got the Celtics to the finals. We know he can coach. And he's got these youngsters that are really excelling and accepting their roles. And then you have the leadership from Green, Van Vliet, and Dylan Brooks. It seems to be a very awesome recipe right now. Dare I say play on team? Oh, I dare. I never thought I'd say that this season. So congrats to the Rockets and how they're playing right now. Um, Pelicans went 1-3 and three this past week. They'd lose a tough one to those hot Rockets. And then they'd follow that up with a loss to the Mavericks before beating the Mavericks in that in-season game tournament. Or I don't know if they have the floor to thank to that one, according to Luca. But this team's trying to trudge on without C.J. McCollum. The big spot missing there. But one bright spot emerging is Jordan Hawkins, who... I even alluded to last podcast, he's starting to find a shooting stroke, and he's doing more than shooting, so it's really helping the team. Next, we go to my Spurs. Tough go for them. They went 0-3 this past week. They lose an in-season tournament game to the Wolves, that uh, battle of the French Giants, and then they'd uh, lose to a Heat team, and that game they were very capable of winning. And then they had that game against OKC, that national televised in-season tournament game, where they just got whooped on TV. No perk belt on that one, but he could have pulled it out. (laughs) Excuse me. Kelton Johnson didn't play in that one either. Well, excuse me. Oh, damn COVID. Um, The Spurs have a winning game against the Grizzlies, and uh, I don't really know what to expect out of their their games coming up against the Clippers, but hopefully we can get some dubs there. I still think Wembenyama is... Going to be rookie of the year. He's leading the team in scoring right now. He's going through the bumps as rookies do. But uh, wrapping up the team's recap, we go with the Memphis Grizzlies. They went 1-2 and this past week. They were in a tight one against the Jazz in that end-season tournament game, but Jordan Clarkson did his thing finally. Then the Grizzlies, like I said, beat the Clippers. The Grizz had a fourth-quarter lead, but they had it evaporate through some hustle plays. The move to take Westbrook out for Harden, this is what I alluded to in the Clippers part, Clippers made this run, and then Lou took Westbrook out for Harden. He did, a, he did a three right away, but then it just went all Memphis's way. They were getting all the hustle balls. Marcus Smart made a crazy one where he literally fell on his face, but flipped the ball. They got the bucket. They got the win. So that was a big win for the Grizzlies. Like I said, second of the year for them. Then they get blown out by the Lakers a few days later. But, hey, you can't, can't win them all. They're in a tough spot, you know. They're still missing John Morant for these games, and they're thin up front with those injuries. But they did sign Bismack Biombo, who I mentioned earlier. He's a nice hole filler for now, but this team's missing a lot. They just need to keep going out there and keep fighting for Taylor Jenkins, and that's all he can do right now. So that wraps up all our NBA teams. How, how does your team look? Do you disagree with what I said there, or are you like, damn, Randy, spot on? Let me know. I'll let you boy. But looking at scoring, we have five players above that 30-point per game. You got Sixers, Joel Embiid, leading the league at 31.9. Just behind him, Golden State, Steph Curry, Mavs, Luka Doncic, Suns, KD, and Nuggets, Nikola Jokic. You also have uh, De'Aaron Fox in there, too. But uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Shea Gildas-Alexander, Donovan Mitchell are just under 30 at that 29-point mark, so... That looks, a lot of individual scorers doing their thing here. Then you have three Europeans sitting atop the rebounding 
table. Nikola Jokic leads at 13.9. When you got Kings, DeMontis Savonis behind him, and T-Wolves, Rudy Gobert just behind him. Still two players averaging only over double figures. Still the same guys, Tyrese Halliburton, the Pacers, leading the league at 12.5. Atlanta's Trey Young at 10.9. And the Lakers' Anthony Davis continues to lead in blocks, while SGA of the Thunder leads in steals steals per game and then you have the Ren city top five here we go i said there was some switch up there this is a live organism that changes each week uh, number one i owe it to him, the boston celtics they're at number one number two you got denver nuggets three minnesota timberwolves four dallas mavericks and five philadelphia 76ers so celtics made me look pretty dumb dropping them out of the top five last week so I owe it to them. They deserve to be up there going 4-0 over the week, looking dominant the whole time. Nuggets only dropped one spot. They had two games. They lost one to the Rockets. Team still looks the real deal. Minnesota Timberwolves at number three. They had a seven-game winning streak ruined, but it was, like I said, on the second night of an emotional back-to-back. They're going to continue winning going forward, and I think uh, maybe I'm a little harsh on the Mavics dropping them two spots, but... It's not so much their play, more the other teams around them play. Although that complaining about the floor loss against the Pelicans didn't help. Uh, Then I round off the top five with the Sixers. They lost to a very tough Pacers team after beating the team, after beating them the game before. And then they lost to a very tough Celtics team who they have also beaten earlier in the season. So not overreacting too much on the Sixers. Two losses, the two good teams there, but... They'll continue to play going forward. But like I said, we've got to watch that Kelly Oubre situation there. That brings us to MVP, and this race has opened up a bit. Got some resurgence uh, over the past week, Jason Tatum. I think he's ahead. He's my MVP right now. Got Jason Tatum, Nikola Jokic just behind him, and you got a duel just behind them in Embiid and Luka Doncic. Rookie of the year, I still think it's Wemby's. Don't rule out Chet Holmgren. He's slithering around. And some other rookies, you know, these guys are probably going to win Rookie of the Year, but exciting guys to watch. Miami's Yakez Jr., Detroit's Marcus Sasser and Oscar Thompson, Mavs' Dave Trampoline, Derek Lively II, OKC, I don't know why how they keep finding these guys, Kaysen Wallace, and then not so much for his offense yet, but the defense of Bilal Koulibaly. What Victor Wembanyama's teammate last year, we knew the upside of this guy, and he, should, especially against the Raptors, there he showed some flashes defensively where you're like, damn. And uh, yeah, that's week three in the books, guys. Some great basketball getting played out there, you know. What's your thoughts on the season tournament so far? Grizzlies probably aren't the biggest fans yet because they're the first team to get eliminated. They lost three games and uh, that takes them out. Go to the next episode for the recap episode. We should have some clear views on who's potentially advancing and who's getting eliminated like the Grizzlies there. Uh, This is good, guys. Teams are starting to show their true colors and players are returning from injuries. Love to see it. Keep tuning in. Enjoy all the good hoops. Hold your follow through. Made it through the episode. I'd have a few sips of water there. But thanks for tuning in, guys. Get some tea, get some